0: All right, welcome back everybody to the HNS podcast. This is episode number seventy-eight, and sitting across from me, I got a very special guest. I'm gonna let him introduce himself because um, I could probably not even speak anywhere close to you know <laughs> how the way you can speak by yourself because you're a man of many hats. Uh, go ahead, man. I'll tell the audience who you are, and then kind of get into what you do, and after that, we'll kind of just roll out. Yeah. So my name is Frank Ramirez. I'm a, a local entrepreneur here in
1: Kansas City. Man, I've been doing the entrepreneurship thing for years, um, you know, on and off earlier on in my career. But for the last five plus years, it's just pretty been pretty much been nonstop, you know. And I've just, I've learned a lot. I've made a lot. I've lost a lot. <laughs> <Hasn't> <laughs> probably you? lost more than I made when yeah. it's all said and done. But, you know, I think that, you know, I found that in life, we measure success oftentimes based on our bank account. Based on the things that we have, the accomplishments, the accomplishments that we that we achieve, but the reality is, is that, you know, it's not really about the destination, right? Because the destination is short lived. Yeah. Once you get there, you're there, yeah. and now there's got to be a new one, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's about the journey, and you know, anytime I you know I speak at colleges and different yeah. things on entrepreneurship, and anytime I get the chance to talk about entrepreneurship and what it means to build a business, it really starts with you. Mm-hmm. You can't, you'll never understand how to build an effective, profitable business mm-hmm. until you can build an, an effective and profitable you. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's usually, it always starts into an interpersonal conversation about, let's let's talk us, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, what's your, uh, what are your current businesses right now that you
0: have on? So...
1: I'm heavily in the construction space I've got a fence co which is a fence fence contracting company I've got leisure bath which is a luxury high-end bathroom remodeling company and then I have renovate which is a commercial construction company Um, you know I've often got asked you know why why three separate Mm -hmm. entities and what you got to understand when you get into marketing is just purely from a marketing perspective three separate entities Mm -hmm. is important because each one has its branding for its specific reach, Mm -hmm. right? Then I have another company called Systematic, um, and it's a training solutions Mm -hmm. company. So what I do is I've developed my own curriculum Mm -hmm. as it relates to teaching people soft skills, communications, got a major passion for education. We can get into a little bit of that today and how that all relates to this. But so you know, teaching and training, mm-hmm. and then you know, my free time is spent mostly teaching people how to live out their faith and how to be the best human that God created them to be. You know, man. And so mm-hmm. that's, uh, and I got my hands in a quite a few other things mm-hmm. as well. But
0: we probably have to spend half of today's pod, you know, podcast <laughs> yeah. episode talking to get through it, it all. Well, uh, what what's some advice that you can give us? Uh, well, first off, how long have you said? Did you say you've been doing this? Like, uh, when was your first business that you ever started? And I was, was fourteen. It? Fourteen years old, and it was a commercial lawn service. It wasn't like pushing the push uh-huh. mower around the
1: neighborhood. Like I had a truck, uh-huh. I had a trailer, oh, I had wow. a big zero turn commercial yeah. mower. It was crazy actually because I was like, you know, at, at, at that time, and I, you know, I think you probably remember uh-huh. when I was in high school. I was a pretty skinny, short kid, uh-huh. you oh, yeah. know. So I'm like this skinny, short kid looking like I'm 10, <laughs> driving this big truck full <laughs> of this trailer. People stare at me. I'm in this massive mower by my, you know, my little self. Hey, I've been hustling, though. Hey, and, and, and I was. And it's crazy because, okay. you know, I look back and, man, I was like the only kid in my neighborhood whose parents made him work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, at like 14 years old. And I used to be, I used to hate it. But looking back, I mean, it's, you know, it's like really built the foundation of my life and who
0: I am, you know. If I'm not mistaken, I think your father actually had some kind of broadcasting role as well. Yeah, so my dad was an extremely successful
1: Hispanic entrepreneur here in Kansas City. In fact, he was the original entrepreneurial pioneer that sparked everything you see off Central Mm -hmm. Avenue, everything you see in Armordale. Like, he was the and first kind one. Kind of galvanized the Latin community mm-hmm. and said, guys, this is possible. Yeah, he did. And, yeah. and my, my grandfather... So, they used to own La Super X. It was a radio station. Super- and it was... Uh, you know, I'm really blessed to have the the genes that I have, mm-hmm. right, as it relates to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I always... You know, I always find it very interesting when you look at children and then their parents, how much they are like them, you mm-hmm. know. And then I look at my dad and my grandfather, and they really you know, they paved the way, I mean, you know, they unfortunately had some tragic things with my dad getting sick and whatnot, and, you know, everything kind of, you know, my grandpa was getting older, right around when my dad was getting sick, so obviously that kind of tanked everything, but, you know, so definitely wasn't a handout to build my empire, so to speak, but it was definitely the perfect level of training,
0: Absolutely. you know what I mean? You come from that, you know, it's in your blood. It's all I know. It's like, man, is like, I, any vision I have, I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm going to get it. So, uh, okay, uh, you said you do your training, your soft skill training, you have three other businesses. Yeah. Um, let's get into faith a little bit, because you also tell me a little bit beforehand that that's been kind of heavy on your mind recently, and that you were kind of wanting to uh, devote a little bit of time of the podcast about that.
1: Yeah. What exactly
0: has been captivating you about it? And- so here's what I have found in entrepreneurship. So
1: let me just tell you kind of my story, and we'll, we'll start back to when okay. I was like 16. Yeah. So, when I was in high school, I was a troublemaker, mm-hmm. right? I was, you know, just doing things that a 16-year-old shouldn't be doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was, uh, whenever I, I, I turned 17 and I got kicked out of high school and had to go move south to my grandmother's two mm-hmm. hours to graduate. And when that happened, I really wasn't any good there either,
0: <laughs> Right? So they ended up kicking me out. Yeah, you're just a troublemaker, regardless of where you were. You know, it, it wasn't the it, setting. It was no, like it didn't just, matter. Yeah. I was, I was
1: the problem, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, oh. so they ended up kicking me out, and I uh-huh. go to this alternative school in, in the district down in, you know, uh-huh. in in uh, down in the country, so to speak. And I'll never forget it because it, it, it was a country small town, and I'm from the inner city, right? So like I'm got my you know my Jays and my. My fans and they're all just staring at me like, who is, boots? Who is, is there? Is a, a boots and they're you know, oh, wow. and it was a weird weird experience. But the funny thing is, is I end up at this alternative school, mm. and the only reason I graduated was because the teacher felt bad for me, and she knew that I wouldn't be able to get a job if I didn't have a diploma. Oh, I mean, it was rough, and and you know? the crazy thing is, and I didn't really know this then, but mm. I'm learning now, it wasn't because I was stupid. Mm. Right, Like, I just didn't, I didn't understand the benefits of academics. I didn't mm. understand. And I truly believe that, and we'll touch on this here a little bit later, too. I truly believe that we all learn in our own way. Oh, absolutely. And I think that our education system doesn't completely understand that. I think mm. they're starting to. Yeah. But I don't think that's taken For taking,
0: a while, it was just one-size-fits-all type education. One-size-fits-all, yeah.
1: yeah. right? And so, you know, you fast forward. I got into sales when I was 19. Mm. I was actually homeless when I got into sales. first sales job. I had all this pride in the world. I didn't want to ask nobody for help, so I was sleeping in my 2006 Chevy Cobalt, had a pregnant girlfriend. like It, it was a rough deal. She lived with her parents. I didn't really have a super relationship with her parents because I was you know, who I was, and so I sleeping in my Cobalt, and I'll never forget the day that I got my first sales job. I walked into this car dealership. I had a stained-up button-up with a sweater on, had like shower in like best three best days, skin. right? And I'm like, hey guys, um, you know, and I'm, I'm the guy's interviewing me and we're just kind of talking and finally I got up behind my chair and I stood up and I said, dude, you're either going to give me the job or you're not, but I got it. I don't have time <laughs> yeah. to waste, man. And, oh, you know, what's so interesting about that is he hired me because of that. He said, all right. He said, okay, if you've got enough grit at 19, this skinny kid, you know, to... Get up and, and say, "Hey, what's the deal?" Um, you know, and that's and, so a lot. And so, I, to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I I ended up selling uh, enough cars to make uh, eight thousand dollars my first month in sales. No idea what I was doing. Yeah. Like homeless, mm. didn't have a car. Like just lost the car. Got mm. repo. Like it was getting bad, bad, mm. right? And so he hired me and i for like for the 90 days that i was at that first dealership i was a top sales guy and i made really great money I was able to get an apartment i mean completely flip my situation oh, upside yeah. down right 180 and but then what happened was was i wanted more mm. Like, for some reason, ninety days of making, you know,
0: almost thirty grand at nineteen wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well shit, if you went from nothing to, to ninety grand in thirty days or thirty or, yeah, thirty yeah, grand in yeah. thirty yeah, thirty, 30 day, grand, or three months to be yeah, specific, yeah. but Well, if you went from like nothing to that that fast, I could see why you were just like, Oh, this was possible, I want more. Like, well, and you know I be honest
1: I've never really thought of it that way. I've mm. never really went back and dissected that, so that's an interesting perspective mm. that I'll have to really chew on because that is that's it that yeah, that's good. So I ended up going to a franchise store and I did. I bounced around for like two years in the automotive industry, mm. just selling cars at different dealerships, mm. chasing the management position and you know, just trying to level up to I guess it, so yeah. to speak and I got a lot I got a lot of hell for it actually. A lot of people were like, man, you can't keep a job, you keep jumping around, and all this. And I would say there's some truth to mm-hmm. that. Um, but what I found was was that it wasn't that I couldn't keep a job. I have a very spastic mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, I am the true not I am the only, but I am a genuine definition of serial entrepreneur. But I used to, a lot of people have given me trouble for that most Mm. of my life that I bounce around a lot with my thoughts. And I can't sit still, like I can't sit in one place. You'll probably see me move six or seven different Mm. times as we're sitting in here to six or seven different positions, right? (laughs) And, but what i found is, is that, as humans, we look at other people, and just because they don't think and do things the way we think and do things, it's mm. bad. Yeah. We automatically put that bad label on it, right? And the problem with that is, and this is what I've learned, and even as as a leader in my own companies managing mm. my staff, like, because I do that to people too, I mean, it's mm. human nature, right? The problem with that is we never really empower people to be all they can be, mm. right? And this will tie in faith with faith at some point mm. um, so I took everything I learned I ended up in finance as, in a finance manager role at a dealership you know was making good money and everything and I took what I learned and I so I was working at this dealership and this guy came and bought a car for me or was trying to buy a car for me and he ran a med, med device company mm. and we just got to talking yeah. and this like dude you'd be so good at what I do and I'm like, really? And I'm like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm heading out to Atlanta, Georgia this weekend. It's like Wednesday. He's like, if you want to come, you know, what the fuck? we can figure this <laughs> yeah, out. It's like another opportunity opened up. And I'm like, okay. So I literally walked in and quit at the dealership yeah. on the spot. I was like, hey, this isn't going to work out anymore. Yeah. And uh, so I walk in and I quit. And then I go out of town with this guy. And... He told me I could make a thousand bucks a week if I just did this, mm-hmm. and at the time, it wasn't what I was knew that I could make in the mm-hmm. automotive industry. But I was burnt out, dude. I was sick of the car business. Oh, like yeah. I, I it at just, that point. How long were you in it? A couple years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I imagine it just wasn't it just wasn't satisfying. Mm-hmm. I I I wasn't getting out of it what I thought I'd get out of it, and, and I was young, you know, mm-hmm. and so I was young and and different things, and so basically you fast forward from there and the guy I worked for for like 60 days and this dude he was like the craziest person I've ever met he was fun to be around but the dude was shady as all get out like so one weekend he like just completely ghosts me and owes me like my thousand for the week right and I'm living with my sister at this point I've done lost everything two or three different times from drinking and partying and all that and uh so, so I look at these medical devices and I google the name and the corporate offices in Kansas City. Oh, wow. Of the manufacturer. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm. So I call them. They're yeah. like, hey, my name is Frank. I know how to sell your product really well. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you guys about a sales position. And so she's like, well, I'll put you in touch with my yeah. son. So I, they schedule me to come in there and I come in there. We'll come to find out. It's this tiny Chinese based company. Uh-huh. They really don't have much. The son was an engineer, uh-huh. so he you know, he put together this device and the uh-huh. mom was an international business rep previously, so she was importing, exporting, <laughs> that was really their business. Wow. And they're like, Yeah, you know, we just sell the Lance, uh-huh. you know, was the guy and a couple of other people and and I like had an epiphany and I said, Guys, you're doing this all wrong. <laughs> we can't. I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut off all your distributors Uh and I'm going to build a sales department internally. And you're going to quadruple your profit margins Uh and revenue because instead of you selling all this stuff at wholesale prices, we're going to flip this stuff at retail prices Uh and you get to make all the cheese. So... The dude's like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. let's do it. Let's do trade shows. Yeah. Let's do this and whatever. And He had already had some experience in trade show business, so he uh-huh. knew it could be done. Yeah. He, he already he – some. He didn't have the team. He knew that what I said uh-huh. could be done. Like uh-huh. it wasn't like I invented the idea, yeah. right? I just had, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the audacity to walk in there yes. and, yeah. you know, and put it all on the table man. and say, hey, what's the deal, you know? Damn. And – and so, so they worked out? It, so it did, actually. That was my first major. I call it an entrepreneurial role because even though I worked with the company, mm-hmm. I my, the sales department was a separate thing, even though it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it was an independently contracted sales infrastructure, right? So we didn't have salaries. Yeah. We didn't have resources. I mean, they put a little money up for product and some other things mm-hmm. and booking trade shows. But, like, I mean, it was higher and everything's straight commission. Let's go. You know what I mean? Damn. Within six months, we had, I think, somewhere around 50 to 60 reps nationwide traveling to 20 different trade shows every every weekend. Wow, y'all built a whole team, man. We built, it was, was massive. Wow. And you know it got straight to my head. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, then no what happened? So at 21 huh. years old, I'm like... Damn, you were, twi- you were I was 21, dude. How old are you right now? Uh, 30. Okay, so damn. Okay, so you were 21 years old. I was 21. Oh, yeah. You were a king entrepreneur at the time. I mean, at You're least honest. that's what I thought, yeah. right? I was, I was the man. Yeah. Like, I, you were not oh, – you couldn't tell me oh, yeah. that like, what I was doing was any kind of shady. Because to, to be honest, compared to what other 21-year-olds were probably doing, not even close. So you you were the man for a while. Okay. So, okay. So then so here's take what, us from there. Here's
1: – I'm going I'm to touch on this part in between there because it's going to tie into the faith later. So in that stint of working with the guy in that first six months we were building that team, the first major trade show, three, three it was like a three-week trip, mm. and I was broke. I was not in a good financial position. And I started, I started uh, how would I say this, covering up cash tickets, mm. because I needed money, and I was blowing the cash that they gave me to spend on the mm. road on my food and my stuff and my mm. bills, right? when that was supposed to be for other stuff. Mm. So what I did was, was I got cash sales. I was always good at sales, so I'd sell them for double what we were supposed to sell them for. To make up. To make up for that, right? God damn. So, long story short, I get back and the guy, he pulled me in his office like a month later. I was like, Frank, I got a question for you. like, okay. And I, you know, things were great. Like, I'd already forgot about yeah. everything I did. He was like did you cover up cash and, you know, and ask me the question? And I sat there for about 15 seconds. And I said, yeah, I did. I said it was probably somewhere around five to $7,000 worth. And he said, you know, Frank, because you're honest and you didn't lie to me when I asked, we're just going to act like it never happened. And he well, said that, you know, he said... Pretend like it never happened. You don't have to pay it back. Mm. Sweep it under the rug. And in this particular guy mm. was always trying to teach me how to deal with people based on scripture. Mm. So I, I didn't. I won't say I necessarily made the connection at that point, mm. but something was different. Mm. Something was just different about was a, the situation. It was a seed plan. Right I didn't even know what the seed was for. Yeah. Right. Like. And, so then, when if you fast forward, you know, about three years later, I ended up, dude, you know, I was living it. Like, mm-hmm. I had the condo downtown. I had, I mean, if you can think of it, I had <laughs> it, right? Shit. I mean, at 22, you know, between ages 21 and 24, I was living. Mm-hmm. I partied at every major, cl- you know, major club in, mm-hmm. in the United States. I hung out with celebrities. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... We were living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, You know what you're, I mean? you're a high roller for a while. And, and now, be, truth be told, I was broke, but no. not because I was broke. I was no. broke because I was blowing all my money on yeah. drinking and all this stuff, right? It didn't save a dime mm. from what I mean. And so when you fast forward past that, I ended up getting demoted from the senior being the VP of sales for the organization because I was drinking too heavy and I had this ego the size of the planet and you know just all these different things and I got demoted and the funny thing about that was is they demoted me, but it wasn't just because of that mm. actually it wasn't that it was the the CEO's mom who is the international business rep mm. didn't believe because I was always giving my sales to my sales reps mm. I wasn't taking putting them in, uh, under my name right because mm. I wanted them to make money and I was mm. getting paid either way. And hmm. she didn't believe that I knew how to sell. Oh, wow. Like she, because yeah, like, there, there, there was no, no record, data yeah. to prove that. Wow, there's was no record of it. So when they demoted me, they sent me to a show, a trade show oh. on one weekend. They said, here, we're going to send you with the team. I said, no, that's not what you're going to do. I said, you're going to send me by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take an assistant, right. and I'm going to write more tickets by myself than the rest of your sales department. Oh, shit. That I built. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I did it. And I went, and I sold more by myself. Within, I just had assistant writing tickets. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. And I think, I mean, I made pretty crazy money. I think I even had my, uh, at the time, my uh, three-year-old with me. She was with me at the show, sitting in there watching me just annihilate her, right? <laughs> Damn. But see, that was my yeah. ego, right? Yeah. My ego was the reason I did that. Yeah. And I still didn't get promoted, and I thought that was the problem. But the problem was was my ego. Right, and, and so I ended up, you know, I, I left a couple times, came back a couple times, you know, whatever, whatever, but I ended up leaving and I went back to uh, I went back to the automotive industry for like, I think it was like one year, that was it, I, 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 was, I was 25 actually, mm-hmm. and ended up with another drinking problem, even at one point had a, uh, you know, had a little bit of a mild drug, you know, drug addiction on, not, not, not super hard stuff, but you know, cocaine and just mm-hmm making really poor decisions with my life. And Absolutely. the interesting thing was as though is, so I was down on my luck again. Mm. So keep in mind, I lost it the first time leaving the car business. I lost it the sec- second time leaving the medical mm. field. Lost it a third time leaving the automotive. I mean, I was, I mean, in finance, you make good money in the mm. automotive industry in finance. I mean, you're six mm. figures plus all day long. And so I, so when I left the automotive industry, mm because of that I literally was almost was actually homeless again just met my current uh-huh. wife now right on the tail uh-huh. end of that and she was pregnant uh-huh. she's living at home I mean just the same story like yeah and like, oh, you know what's going on and so I'll never forget it I was at my sister's and when I'm there my brother-in-law said hey you don't have a job do you want to come help me remodel this house? And I was like, I mean, I I don't get my hands dirty, bro. Yeah, you're like, it's not yeah, I don't
0: know about that. <laughs> but I needed the money, yeah. so I was like, all
1: right, well, I guess so. I don't really have a choice, right? Yeah. So he paid me fifteen bucks an hour. Here I went from making six figures ah, several
0: yeah. times to fifteen dollars so an hour. Like, just really not doing. Hum- yeah, it was hum- humble, you know. It's like just different social economic status. It's just like wow.
1: Yeah, went from condo to,
0: to, to nothing, to sleeping in a
1: spare bedroom at my sister's house swat of me, wow. and <laughs> <swat> in me Kansas. Wow. And not of me. Damn, I might as well have been at the crazy house yeah, the other, day, right? Oh, wow. So that's out there, man, yeah, that's a big change. It was massive. So my brother in law is like, All right, so come, you know mm-hmm. So then I asked like, him, What did you charge them to do this? And he was like, like eight grand and I'm like Eight grand in labor to do what you've done. Mm. Hmm. Okay, there's something here. Mm. So I get on, or I get on the internet. That only lasted like two weeks. He was a wasn't a very consistent oh. person, and so it just didn't work out. But so I get on Facebook or on uh, Indeed. Yeah. And I found a job for a thousand bucks a week as the marketing manager for a for a local plumbing company. Mm. Because I was like, there's something in this industry that yeah. I'm that I'm missing here. Yeah. And so, but it was a marketing role and I was mainly, I mean, I had marketing experience, but my titles were always sales driven. Yeah. So I edited my resume to be more marketing driven, completely changed my resume. Yeah. I would say that 40% of it was lying, to be completely honest.
0: But not really, because then you marketed yourself. So you yeah, know I mean? But still, I mean, I, I yeah. definitely did do the right thing. Yeah, right. I,
1: I, Damn. So the guy gives me the job for a thousand bucks a week, because I did have trade show experience and there was truth to mm-hmm. that. And then I found out that the sales guys for this company made 100000 a year selling tankless water heaters. Oh, wow. And I was like, so I tried to convince the owner to, who oversaw the sales department to move me there. And he's like, yeah, Frank, I'd have to teach you all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, dude, you have no idea. That's literally yeah. in my mind. I'm like, you have no idea how good wow. I would be at this. Damn. And anyway, long story short, he didn't, he didn't give me the job. So. I ended up getting back in contact with an old buddy who was building a walk-in bathtub company, mm-hmm. and he uh, he ended up asking me if I wanted to come mm-hmm. sell walk-in tubs. And I came in and I sold like two or three hundred thousand in tubs. My first, well, that's not true. The first month I sold zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, got my face kicked yeah. in. Second month I sold two or three hundred thousand. Was per- pasted to make between twenty and thirty thousand bucks. Wow. Um, and was like, okay, I've been in the wrong industry. Yeah. What is going on
0: here? Like the housing is where it's at
1: and so did that for about six months you know parted ways with him but that was a i helped him build his you know build his businesses and everything and at one point was even made a partner ended up parting ways things just didn't work out and uh so then i went and worked for a couple months for one of the for a local remodeling company the guy was like hey if you come in as the top dude for 90 days i'll let you run my my sales mm-hmm. infrastructure did that then he went back on his word. <laughs> Finally, like, okay. this is, I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. So I launched uh, an, uh, two construction companies consecutively within a six-month period. One was fencing. One was renovations. Business partner and I scaled that up to seven figures. First year, bam. Um, did that two years in a row. Sold those. Tried to get out of construction. Damn. Then God ends up back in my life again. Because I made money... Dude, I, I had a lot a great life, dude. I had the BMW. Man. I had this the super, you know, sick earth home out in this mm. out in the middle of nowhere. What? Yeah. Like, like earth I throne? had an earth
0: home, bro, on eleven acres, like Don't tell me you got the one that was uh, in DeSoto. Yes. Really? That's
1: where I was living.
0: Really? Yeah. I think it was around like twenty fourteen or something. Uh I was gonna buy that one. The one that's off of Ed, uh, Edgert, Edgerton Road? Yeah. Right down there. You were living in that one? Yes. How was it? The one has a guest house, right? Yeah. yeah. Sick. It was nice. Yes. No way, dude. That's yeah. tight. Okay. So that. Wow. This was, and this was just a few years ago. Wow. Because the guy that you were probably going to buy it from was oh, the original yeah. owner. Yeah.
1: And then they, and then I got introduced to the owner oh. by 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 my uh, an extended uncle. What the? Dude, hell? The new owner that bought it, renovated, yeah. it and all that had a water well. The, the, so it, was it was really nice. Then it was it Yeah, it was and actually it was It was yeah, it was renovated. So. Damn. I mean, bro. Like, yeah. I was living. Yeah, you like, had it all—the cars, the houses, the lofts. The lofts. So, I mean, and, yeah. but I just wasn't happy, dude. I, and I mm. couldn't figure out why. Like, you know, I, I wasn't putting millions in profit in my bank, mm. you know, in my pocket. But for maybe in my mid twenties, people would dream to have the life that I had. Like, crazy. you know, like travel all over the country, mm. met celebrities, mm. hung out with celebrities, you know, partied, had mm. VIP in every major club, and you know, like everything. Mm. But, but Dang. But it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. enough. It wasn't enough, and then I'll never forget it, dude. I had actually gotten to a point where I became an atheist. Hmm. I didn't believe in God anymore. Like I was done with God, and this was right actually when I right before I started my first construction company, and I got a DUI. Hmm. This was three years ago, and because uh, I had had, and, and mind you, through. Throughout this journey, I have had other companies, but none of them were successful. They were all failures. Mm-hmm. I had like three, or, three or four different marketing companies. I mean, I did a lot of different things along this journey. That I'm for a while. Did you have like a uh, recording
0: studio? I had or something or, recording? that. Bought that. Or started that. I mean, yeah. I've had
1: all sorts of stuff, yeah, yeah. right?
0: I think I remember you having that. Like
1: my first ten or eleven businesses were utter failures. Yeah, you know, on and the road to success. But it wasn't enough, and I'll never forget it, dude. I, I had. So when I got my DUI, I haven't drank since. i quit drinking. was like, you know, that's it for me. After three alcohol-related offenses, yeah, I should yeah, probably yeah. not do this anymore, right? Two were public intoxication and one was a DUI. And, uh, but basically what happened was, was I was watching this pastor. So my wife actually was the reason I came back to God, right? Because she always watched this pastor named Mike Todd. And I was watching him and he had some really good things to say. And then, so I came back to God, kind of, like, believed, wasn't really practicing my faith. And right before I sold my companies, and actually what prompted me to sell my first two companies, or first three, was, I'm watching him, and he says that God can't work on you, or God won't work on you if you're not in the deep. Wait, If you're not in the deep? If you're not in the deep. And I was like, what, what, Meaning, is, yeah. Meaning what does what? that mean? yeah. And then he and then he reframed it, and it actually may have been more of this, what he said. He said, God does his best work when you're in the deep. Hmm. Because when you're on the shore, you can rely on your own ability to stand. Hmm. When you're in the deep, you, I mean, you got nothing.
0: Yeah. Oh, shit.
1: <clears throat> and I had grown comfortable. I was paying myself a pretty hefty salary, you know, living, enjoying life, hmm. had the cars, the, all the stuff, you know. And... So you were on shore, so you were on the beach. Of life, yeah. right? Like, And I felt this tiny little nudge and said, you got to start over, Frank.
0: Mm.
1: And I was like, what? what that, start yeah. over? Yeah. So I wrestled with this for about 30 days. The first thing I did when I first got the revelation was I cut my salary in half and started another business that, I was, that was new wasn't enough cut the salary in half again <laughs> half of the half now and wasn't enough ended up watching the same pastor a couple weeks later and he's like deeper oh and i and i'm not dude, no you dude, like you're like oh damn this dude's talking to me like it's like, resonating. Like, yeah. like he's talking like god is talking to me like and so i said you know what i, I sold everything for probably a fra- a near fraction of what it was worth because that was the other thing is is like if I'm going to decide to leave last minute and leave my business partner, I got to leave him. I mean, I can't just take the money from the company and like, he's got to be able to continue, you know. So I didn't ask for a ton. I, I asked for just enough to be able to keep me going for a few months. Because it wasn't about money anymore. I I, I, I had
0: made money. I, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't happy. Yeah, you made it, lost and made it, lost and Now it's about what's missing. What's missing. Yeah. And so when that happened...
1: And God said, "Deeper, Frank." Mm. I sold everything, and then I was, <laughs> I was reading the Bible, and there was a part in the Bible where God tells the uh, disciples, mm. He says, "You're no longer gonna fish; you're gonna be fishers of men." Mm. And what I felt God tell me was, "You're not gonna build businesses anymore; you're gonna coach people on building businesses." Mm. And I was like, "Okay, I could vibe with that," you know. So I started my coaching company, what? and started coaching people in business here i am thinking that god is doing this because he wants me to teach people how to run their business not saying there isn't relativity there but that wasn't it looking back now god was showing me what i didn't know because i thought i knew everything i thought i knew how to build a business what i really knew how to do was talk i could i could sell now i know that now and we'll get into more of the story so I ended up coaching people on their business, and there was some success mm. seen. I mean, I, I had some decent fundamentals. I created some methodologies and stuff that mm. I was teaching that was, you know, worked and was really effective. So I'm struggling, and I had never tithed mm. before. Like, I didn't believe it. I thought it was a giant joke. Mm. started donating money. I didn't have any money to donate. Mm. But somehow, someway, my bills got paid every month when I started donating. Yeah. Still to this, dude, no joke. This is no joke. I woke up one day with my last $20 bill, spent it. That evening, I look in a bank account that I thought I shut down, and the IRS did something wrong on my taxes b- before, yeah, and there was three was grand awesome. in there. Oh. The day, yeah. the day that I was on my last $20 bill. There was another time I was on my last 20 and there was a check in the mail. Mm. from something that I completely forgot about
0: oh my
1: and I'm over here like
0: okay yeah. like yeah
1: no, this is... something's here bro like yeah, yeah, there
0: some kind of divine intervention and something and, and, and it's like I can't make this
1: stuff up dude mm. like I'm a very systematic and structured thinker mm. okay the way that I think and the way that I do things are very mm. I gotta have proof from the structure that things exist okay so like let's just put that out there because I think that that's important and so I start like finding some validity in God I'm like okay God like you're real this is a thing like this is this is not a joke anymore like you called me I listened and now I'm here and so then he put something on my heart and was like alright Frank you gotta get married And because you know biblically it's there's alignment there and I'm like married like dude I went from making six figures to like nothing and you want me to get married and he said yeah and I said okay God how he said you're going to start another construction company and I was to be honest I was frustrated at that Mm. point when I felt like he was telling me that I'm like dude you you just Mm. made me sell the Mm. ones I had that were doing the very thing you're trying to get me to do Mm. didn't understand it Mm. so I'm like okay God and here I am little cocky old me like "All right, God you want me to do that I need a business partner I need somebody that is construction-oriented so I don't have to think about that side of it. I had talked to several friends. Nobody was interested. Everybody told me that I wouldn't even find what I was looking for. The next day after I heard, like, within three days of praying that prayer, I had a little wholesale business I was running where I was importing and exporting products from China, selling them, whatever, whatever. And this couple walks in. And they responded to my ad to buy wholesale product we Get to talking, I'm telling them my story and what I've been doing, and they're like, So, like, what's your background? And I'm like, Well, I had a construction company and I'm thinking about um, starting another one, but I got to find a guy for uh, this. And then, and then the, the husband was like, Well, I'm trying to start a construction company, and I'm looking for somebody to run the business side. No joke, bro. Yeah, dude. That is so now here was there, the, there, here, here there was was the catch, lot. though. Here was the catch. I said, But I got one stipulation. He said, What? I said, 10% of every dime that we profit goes to God. He said, I already do that anyway. Oh, <laughs> damn. So I'm okay. like, okay. And at this yeah. point, I'm, I'm goosebumping, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, what this is, is this? Like, this is good. This is what's really going on here. Huh. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And
1: so you fast forward, I know I've been talking for a while. We'll get into some more discussion, but this, it's, it's a, It's important to tie entrepreneurship and faith with this story because a lot of people wouldn't understand it if they didn't hear this story. And so we we launched the business, right? And it's funny because I thought I had it all figured out, dude. Last year ever was Mm. the hardest year of my life. Hands down, the hardest. Mm. Yet, the most impactful year of my life the middle of last year we were upside down half a million dollars because I was so prideful that I scaled this business up and thought I had it all figured out remember I said God was teaching me what I didn't know I thought I knew and last year now we're not upside down half a million dollars anymore in less than six months we flipped it around and here's what I learned this is why faith is so vital Point one, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm. And God will take you through the dirt Mm. if it means making you a better person. Mm. And it wasn't about the money. I could have went bankrupt. Mm. But then at that point, I wouldn't have grown because I wouldn't have learned how to get out of it. Mm. And the things I had to do to get out of that are now setting me up for this next phase of my life. Mm. Right, like doing podcasts and talking to people about this stuff, like all that had to happen. That is true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, like I speak at colleges and stuff too. I
0: speak at colleges. I speak at churches. You know, different,
1: like very diverse. You're good at it,
0: man. You're shit. It's like that guy said. Like, it, it wasn't that you're a uh, that you're a good like salesman. You're a good talker. It's I like, talk, right? You're, yeah, you're a good orator, man. You gotta.
1: Okay. Well, and so like you fast forward to now and I've, I've had other companies and there's some pieces in that story that I probably missed and didn't you know didn't bring up just because there's a lot to it but it wasn't until last year when I really started like making an effort to follow God and like but see here's the difference though and this is where I think that in my opinion Christianity loses its followers God is bigger than Christianity He's bigger than Islam He's bigger than Buddhism He's bigger than all these things Those are labels that, as humans, we choose to put on what we believe our Creator to represent. Here's the problem. When you get into the biblical foundations, none of us actually know what's true and what's not true. When you read your history book in school, you don't actually know what's true or what's not true. You're yeah, going. There's no way of knowing whether the source lied to you or not. Yeah,
0: is...
1: There's no way. Yes. Right? And this is why faith is so important. There's no way to know if you're running your business the right way. Hmm. Because you may have all the profit in the world. But if you don't have happy people. That's a good point. Right? You may have the happiest people in the world. But if you don't have no profit,
0: sure. you
1: may have the happiest people and the profit. With environmental impact or something? I, yeah. Like, there's no way to really define yeah. business success. And what I've learned is, is that everybody wants truth, but here's the reality. It's contrary to popular belief, okay? Truth is perception. What you believe to be true and what I believe to be true are never going to be the same things exactly. And... It's hard for us as humans to wrap our mind around that. So people ask me all the time, well, Frank, how do you know the Bible hasn't been rewritten? I don't. And I don't need to know that. All I need to know is that when I apply what it says and it works and my life is fruitful, that I have a creator that put this word in my life that made me better. It could be the most mythological book on the planet. But if it makes me a better person, I got to believe that the creator created something from an instruction manual perspective to make me better. At the very least, it's your truth know. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so I think people get hung up so much in the details.
0: In the denomination. Or the Denominations churches. and
1: all these. And I'm not saying that there's not value to some of right. that, right? Because there is a value to structure. But don't let your structure supersede mm. your belief
0: system as it relates to why you exist in the world. Yeah, because faith is strong, man, and it's like you like you said, it's not just faith in like a religion, a creator, a, a you know spirituality, but faith in like whether you're doing the right thing or not, faith in yourself. And 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 here's what I've learned, and this is why you know for me,
1: like people ask me all the time, like Frank, if this is how you feel and all this hmm. is how you feel, why Jesus, hmm. Frank? Why do you choose to believe in Jesus? And here's why. biblically speaking, whether or not a person believes Jesus Christ actually existed, there is a lot of evidence out there Mm -hmm. related to that, right? Believe it or not, trust me, I've gone way down that road. (laughs) If you've learned anything about me today, I I go down all the roads, Yeah, right? If there's
0: one thing I can tell is that when you're into something, you're into something. You know, like it's it's, just, me and my wife
1: believe because my sons have autism that I'm slightly on the spectrum, so I get majorly obsessive (laughs) with things, right? And, So you've done your research. All of it. Like maybe I mean you never do all of it, but a lot. Most more than most people, right? And everything that I read and end up discovering doesn't lead back to Jesus as it relates to literal human. Mm. Either or is irrelevant in my opinion. I believe he existed, Mm. but I might be wrong. Mm. That's not what I gotta be need to be right about, though. Mm. Right? What I have to be right about, if my faith is true, is that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you define he, it doesn't matter if he's a human or if he's a concept to follow. That's true.
0: That's
1: a good point. You see what I'm saying? Because if he, regardless, is the way, the truth, and the life, Mm. they're synonymous. Yeah. You following me here? Whether it's the actions or the idea itself. Yeah, and, 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 and so if God just put the idea so we could see it, whatever, Yeah. let's go. Yeah, that's a good point. Because here's what I know. I know that when I, when I read the scripture, okay, and, and I analyze everything, I don't read it from like a, is this story true? Like a like factual retelling of, or a biography. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean? What I read it is... What instructions is my creator trying to give me mm-hmm. to be the best
0: version of me that he created me to be? Mm-hmm. Well, what lessons are to be learned from this uh, this poem, this you know, this writing?
1: Yeah, because you know they call it wisdom literature for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, in Proverbs, Solomon there's a book in Proverbs where Solomon teaches you how to literally invest and leverage your finances. Oh, what? See, I've
0: I have not done the research but for real?
1: it's literally in the book wow. you can think about yeah. it like this Let's see if I can give you a really good example uh-huh. perfect example so God creates the earth Okay, earth is created he doesn't like the results mm. so what does he do he brings humanity to an end mm. with the great flood right and then starts again and makes Noah the new Adam Okay, so that's biblical. Like that's 100% true. Mm -hmm. Business. You start a business. You'll you'll blow it up. Things will happen, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be chaotic. Mm -hmm. You have to slow the business down Mm -hmm. before you can Mm -hmm. modify the structure to put it on a position Mm -hmm. to succeed. Everything from God is Mm -hmm. a system. Mm -hmm. Everything follows a pattern. That's true. you see what I'm saying Yeah. Right. so like when you when you start to wrap your mind around this now it's like okay if these fundamental systems are literally
0: the way that life goes
1: is it not truth
0: that's a good point it's like people get caught up in the semantics of whether these people whether they, or you know what yeah. I mean
1: it's like it's like now I believe he did mm. but it's like all I got to believe is that Jesus is Lord. Even if he's a figment of humanity's imagination, mm. my my book tells me that all I got to believe is that he is God. Mm. And even if he wasn't real and this book is a description and this is the word of the creator, well, God and his word are synonymous. They're not separate. Mm. You see what I'm saying? My arm is still my arm. Mm. It's still me. Mm.
0: Okay.
1: You see what I'm saying? And so it's like, like people ask me all the time. Well, they don't ask me, but I get into mm-hmm. conversations with people all the time about like understanding spirituality as it relates to uh, biology, because mm-hmm. I'm really into bio, you know, the biological chemistry of our bodies and things. And I, I've gotten in arguments with pastors over the concept of the Trinity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I've gotten in arguments with people of the Muslim faith mm-hmm. over the concept of the Trinity. Because the Muslims think that Trinity makes, means we're making God three gods. Mm. And then Trinitarianism, which would be the basis of Catholicism, mm. believes that God is three distinct persons. Mm. They're both wrong. Mm. They're both wrong. I always tell Muslims, I'm like, well, because that's sort of their first thing is, mm. well, tell me, you know, explain the Trinity. I said, how about I just debunk it for you?
0: Mm.
1: You don't have to debunk it. I'll do it for you. Yeah. Right? Because in Isaiah, it says that Jesus was the arm of God.
0: Mm.
1: You following me? In the New Testament, Jesus says, I can't do anything that my Father doesn't tell me to do. If Jesus is the arm of God, you following me? Your brain has to send a signal to Mm. your arm and tell it to move. Mm. But it doesn't mean that Jesus isn't God like my arm is still me.
0: It's true. It's just a part of.
1: And it also says in the New Testament that that we are to become one Mm. with Christ. Huh. You following me? Frank, how does this relate to business? Here's how this relates to business. The same fundamentals that it takes to become a good human mm-hmm. is the same fundamentals that it takes to build a good business. Okay. I always tell people, if you want your business to grow, you have to grow. That's true. If you want your, your business to expand its reach, you have to expand yours. Mm-hmm. Be- because that's what mm-hmm. it is, you know. People, people have such a huge misunderstanding because of this concept called binary thought, mm. where it's either this or it's that. No, it's both. Mm. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you get into entrepreneurship as it relates to spirituality, and this is this is why I told you, like, I can't talk about success in business without talking, talking about, about spirituality. Yeah. I can't. There, you have to have yeah. one yeah. with the yeah. other. You know what I mean? Because. It's the... It's like this. You ask people across the earth what their purpose in life is. Most of them are going to have a different answer. Okay? In the Bible, it says that our purpose for existence was to love God and love people. We were created to love God and to love people. Everything else... Is a mission.
0: Hmm. Make, everything else is everybody's throw. own individual side
1: quest. Making disciples mm. as the Bible instructs mm. becomes the byproduct of loving God and loving people. That's true. If you love God and you love people, you will follow the Ten Commandments by default. Hmm. That's true. And that's why I choose to believe in the concept of Jesus because when you break down his life and everything he represented, and you apply it, your life starts to change. Not because you're a Bible thumper. Mm-hmm. Not because you go to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't go to church, dude. I go to church like once every three months. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in the book every day because I'm seeking the wisdom, right? I'm seeking the mm-hmm. instruction. Okay. give me another lesson. What else do Let, let's go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, we were created to be unique. Mm-hmm. We all have different skills. We all have different talents. We all have different abilities, right? It is when we focus on being what we were created to be and do what we were created to do that we find fulfillment because you were created to do the thing that gives you the fulfillment. Mm. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And so it's like that reframes everything now because everything we've been taught from a religious perspective or even from an atheism perspective, all of it goes out the window. You see what I'm saying? It's
0: all a perspective shift.
1: It it is. And when I started having this paradigm shift was when I started realizing, I can, let me ask you this, Ever. You could build a million businesses. Mm -hmm. You could change a million lives. You could feed a million mouths. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't save a single soul Mm -hmm. along the way, what did you actually do? That's true. A lot of nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's a distraction filler. You know, and and I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I think that the religious context, there's validity to it. But I think it's bigger than that.
0: Mm.
1: I don't think saving souls is just, I think it is, but not just Mm. in the context of salvation for the sake of, like, it starts with believing that Jesus is Lord, right? Mm. But there's so much more to it than that. Right? It's like, my goal today in our interaction ever is not just to teach people how to build a business, right? It's to teach people that like, hey, there's another way to live. I had the drug addiction. I had the alcohol problem. I had the money. I, I, dude, I was unfaithful to my now wife several times and she forgave me when I told her that I was after I quit drinking. Because that was one thing God made me do was come clean on everything. Whenever I decided to really dedicate my life to Him, right? And she forgave me and she stayed with me. Bro, I don't I don't I didn't deserve that. You know what I mean? And again, that's why spirituality is so vital, because entrepreneurship is tough, bro. You're look if you're looking for the hardest job on the planet, that's the one. <laughs> I mean I've been homeless... If you can think of the struggle, I've had it. I'm 30 years old, bro. I've been homeless like two or three different times. I've had alcohol addiction two or three... I mean, all the stuff,
0: you know? A lot of You're well accomplished, but you've got a lot of wisdom, though. I don't know if yes. I'd say well accomplished. You know, but you've got a lot of wisdom. And that and that's an accomplishment in itself. I mean, you're you're learning. You're making the right, the right steps. And now you're choosing to help share that. And that's big. You know, I was talking to a friend a couple of podcast episodes ago. And he goes... What's, what's the point of knowledge if you keep it to yourself? Like, you know, you're supposed to share it. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a crime to know something that is valuable to somebody else's life and to resist telling them or to, to keep it to yourself. Well, check this out the Bible says go and make disciples. Mm. Okay.
1: What is a disciple? A follower, somebody who can learn from you, I guess, like a student. So the Greek foundation mm. to disciple is student. Student. Dude. go make students Now think about that They'll teach people
0: something yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean yeah. like why are we over complicating this yeah. like Don't learn a little something man Look bro we're about to hit the limit here I'm gonna pause this and if everything goes well we're gonna come back with a part two this is uh this this first part is just pretty much getting into your your life man this has been crazy yeah. um, wow I, I I see I see now. Why you uh, You said that it was vital to include it in the conversation. It's a, you can't do it without it. Man, guys, Frank Ramirez right here. I'm your host Herb. This has been part one, and if everything goes well, part two will be just up next. Thank you guys for tuning in. ATMS podcast. Can you? <laughs> Alright. So, welcome back, everybody, to the HS Podcast. Um, this is part two of episode number 78. If you guys are joining us, you know that sitting across from me is our special guest, Frank Ramirez. Thank you guys for uh, tuning back in. Frank, thank you for that great conversation this first half of the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Um, HS Podcast, everybody, thank you guys. And if you're wondering who that was uh, as far as a song, that is a sample that you may have heard in some Kanye West songs. It's called, Can You Lose by Following God? And I thought that that was a very suiting song to kind of kick off part two. Uh, the artist is called, Whole Truth. If you guys haven't yet heard that, go out there to your DSPs or YouTube and check that out. So it's, it's a very good song. Great melody. And um, of course I would stumble into it because uh, Kanye West uses, used it on Jesus is King. But speaking of Kanye West music uh, that has a religious overtone to it, um, I kind of wanted to know what your perspective is on conspiracy theories. So part of um, part of urban society's uh, themes is, you know, we got Herb, we got society. So before we lead into the conspiracies, very quickly, I want to just uh, hear what your thoughts are on Herb. Uh, you recently were saying in the first half that you're sober right now, right? Yeah. Is that also sober off of cannabis? Yes. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think cannabis, is it good, is it bad, or right now are you taking it more of like i I'm staying away from it just because I know what it could lead into, or, or what's your, what are your thoughts on it? That's a good question. Um,
1: you know, I think that when you get into conversations as it relates to cannabis, we deal with the same uh, paradox that we talked about earlier, and the problem is, is binary thought, mm-hmm. Right?
0: It's either so bad, yeah. or it's yeah. so good. Or just shit. Just me asking you right now: is it good? Is it you know bad? what I mean. Yeah. And, and so, and somewhere in between.
1: And I would say that everything in life serves its purpose. You know, like if I see somebody that's on opioids mm. and they're utilizing said opioids for mm. serious pain that they have, mm. yeah, go slow some weed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like I'm not. Yeah, I believe in the Bible. I would, you know, say that I. Mm. I don't think I'm religious but I know that people that don't aren't avidly into the things I'm into mm. would probably consider that but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that weed is a sin I mean I I think that everything starts with your heart and what your intru- genuine intention mm. is for doing what you're doing okay. if you have genuine pain and you're genuinely trying to relieve that pain mm. or you're genuinely trying to get better sleep at night or whatever it is that you're using and it's not just
0: for straight pleasure mm. yeah I mean Interesting. So it's using it for the pleasure that it's. That's then when it becomes. It's the same thing with alcohol.
1: Yeah. Right? It's like. Well, let me back up. So. When you think of alcohol, it's when you do it to a level where you're no longer in control of your ability to think.
0: Mm.
1: That it becomes sin. Mm. Right? It's the same way with, in my opinion, with weed, right? With herb. Like, I, I don't. It's one thing to smoke. It's another thing to dive into dabs at a level where you can't function.
0: Yeah, to rip the fucking vape pen 57 times. You know what I'm it's saying? Like, why? It's, yeah. it's like, dude. It's like, take <laughs> one little rip if you need it. Get your, Even you know, two little yeah, rips. Yeah. But don't be ripping that thing all day yeah. long. It's you know like, what I mean? Why are you getting stoned to the bone where now you can't function? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like me, like for me,
1: I don't have trouble sleeping at night. Um, because I fast and I have some other things that I know benefit melatonin production and, and such, right? But I'm not everybody. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to relax because my brain and how I think is. I like the way that I think. You know what I mean? Like I've grown to appreciate who I am, and doesn't mean that it's not like like there's people in my life. I'm not going to get into details that probably do too many pills that I wish they would smoke weed. You know what I mean? Like in in. And I've even said that, you know what I mean? But I don't think it's wrong. I I, I think everything, I mean, you know the old saying, everything in moderation is okay. And I don't know if I completely agree with that. But I do agree that I think it can serve its benefits, you know what I mean? It can serve beneficial to people that have a need. I mean, I...
0: It is is an interesting question because I know that I myself, while I am an advocate for the cannabis, um, you know, the society, the culture, um, I... I know I'm not using it for the right reasons. It's not really... I mean, now I'm probably in pain and I'm smoking for pain, but now it's a habit, you know? It, it, it became a habit out of, in the beginning, what was seeking pleasure and then that became addiction, which became habit. So, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not the best advocate for it because I know there's other people out there who really need it for, like, you know, their uh, their cataracts or they got you know, arthritis and yeah. stuff like that. And in those situations, it's like, yeah, you you need it. I'm just kind of... Smoking. Yeah, I'm just smoking. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's just out here just getting high, and I'm just chilling. Yeah, no, that's but, awesome. Uh, uh, so, okay, so what are, what are your thoughts on, like, the influence that the music that we have and, like, the push that society's kind of moving in, you know, because it's not just, like, weed acceptance is starting to be... The reason I ask is because, like, uh, my father, he's also a really uh, religious recently. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's found the spirit again, and he's kind of... He's looking at the way that society's moving and it's like man you guys are kind of influenced by the wrong things you guys are kind of heading in you know the wrong direction and not only is weed beginning to become you know part of the legalization potentially federally but then also there's conversation buzzing about like acceptance of psychedelics and uh, mushrooms and all that and he goes, man society's is going to start opening up you know portals to the you know the dark side stuff and uh, i'm curious as to what you think about that like yeah, you believe in faith and you believe this the, the power of like having the structure and learning from that. But do you also believe in like the energy itself? And and if so, do you believe in dark energy? And do you believe um bad spirits and like demons are real? Do they exist and are they being are they influencing us? So I wanna give you two
1: answers to that question. Very
0: long winded. I probably should have stopped and punctuated along the way. That's okay.
1: <laughs> no, that was good yes, I believe in demonic spirits I mean, you can't believe in God without believing in demons Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know but I do want to, I want to give you something to think about though as it relates to the question you just asked what do you think the purpose Mm -hmm. for God's law is?
0: to just not create chaos to keep love as like the main frequency So, if you look at, like,
1: say, the Ten Commandments, for instance, Mm. right, what was the purpose of the Ten Commandments?
0: To just, I mean, to be a good human and to, yeah, to be a good human. Okay. So, let me dive a little deeper
1: on that, and it it makes, it's very relative to Mm. the question you asked, okay? If you read in the New Testament, Mm. Paul says, talks about the purpose of the law... Mm was not to just keep you in line. Mm. It was for you to see when you're out of line. Mm. It's it's more purpose for identification mm. than it is quality control.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Right? Because it's like this. So let's bring this to real world. Mm. If I tell you weed's illegal, mm.
0: you want to smoke it more. Why? Because I'm being told it shouldn't be done. There must be something about it. And and that's human nature.
1: Uh, The curiosity curiosity of of what it could be Mm -hmm. will drive you to make a decision before it will drive you to make... I mean, think about all all the pills that you can go to your doctor and say you have a condition and he'll give you and what that'll do. That's true. But instead, you choose to do the thing that's illegal. That's true. Right? So, this is where I think that people get it clouded. the law opens up opportunity to expose problems, right? So like people say, oh, do you agree with uh, legalizing marijuana, legalizing psychedelics? I agree with whatever people make the choice that they want to do Mm. because either way, my creator gets the glory. Now let's, let's, let's just talk through this. Let's fast forward through this, right? So weed gets legal in all 50 states. Everybody starts smoking tree on an extreme level. Psychedelics, you know, whatever, whatever. Same the thing here. Yeah. Everybody's doing it's it, right? So are creeping into the psyche. Yeah. You know? Well, now people get to experience things that they didn't experience before. That's going to create a thought, which is then going to lead to a belief system, which then leads to actions, that drives results. And you measure the experience and the belief based on the results. Okay. Now, 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 trust me in this. And this, is psychi- like, this is basic psychology. Like, it sounds like some basic MKUltra type shit. I <laughs> but, mean, but it's true, it's psychology. It's you, just, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's real simple. Like your experiences lead to feelings uh-huh. and thoughts that drive your beliefs, lead to actions that drive results, uh-huh. right? So when you understand this, it's like, okay, if I don't experience, Mm -hmm. if I experience the law outlawing marijuana, Mm -hmm. I have a belief system that there's something about marijuana Mm -hmm. that nobody's telling me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So then I make the action to do it and then I, the results happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. But here's the beauty of it. Now let's take that marijuana from the belief system and let's move that to experience. I actually smoke the marijuana. Mm -hmm. It creates thoughts Maybe it's I feel good, thoughts and feelings, drives a belief system that this makes me feel good, right? That drives actions. And then you measure the validity of the experience based on the result. If you want people to stop doing drugs, let them do them. Because they're going to have to experience the results from those things to understand the importance of either doing or not doing them. That's
0: true. That's a good
1: point. You see what I'm saying? Now obviously this could be argued you know, in debated with specific substances. With specific yeah. substances, right? But but when you're talking of things like I would say this is probably more applicable from naturally grown mm-hmm. things like, you know, psychedelics, so mushrooms mm-hmm. and, and, and cannabis, and, cannabis yeah. and things of that nature. P-O-D-O-I. You get into opioids, that's a whole different because that's that's a complete you're con- being convinced by your brain that you like something because, and, and you're even convinced that the result is good at that point. Like Xanax, right? Like yeah. you think you're just happy-go-lucky and life is so great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, that's completely chemical or just a ride. Exactly. When you get into natural-grown things, though, it's it's different, right? Because you, while you are still out of your mind, you're still comp- you're still more aware than you are when you're on opioids. Not saying that I agree with psychedelics. I'll be honest; I don't really have an opinion. I. I Here's what I believe. If you truly believe in God, mm-hmm. if you tr- genuinely believe that your creator is real and he is mm-hmm. all, everything good, then you have to believe that everything he created served a purpose. That's true. Yeah. It's, not my tr- it's not my decision to dis- d- discern what purpose that is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I feel is right for me. It's like I don't smoke weed, but not because I think weed's bad, but because I'll smoke one joint and then it'll turn into six bong rips and 12 dabs, all in 24 hours, yeah. and I'll get nothing done.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> but that's me. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that's you.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm an extremist in everything that I do, you know? <laughs> Man. Did you ever experiment with psychedelics at all? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. I ended up in jail. Oh, my but goodness. it wasn't. This was acid, though. Acid? oh, yeah. And I uh, it's a whole other animal. so I took I took a hit of acid mm-hmm. when I was super drunk, and then I called the cops on myself
0: oh, in the house. Man. I was in the hotel room. Freaking LA like... man, you guys need to get me out of this. That's literally what happened. Wow, that's crazy. It was, I've I've, uh, I've dabbled a little bit with acid. It's, it's a whole other animal, man. That's and then the crazy thing is it lasts so long. It dude, you're like oh, yeah. I, I did it one time. I, it was even a half
1: a hit. It wasn't even a, It wasn't even the full thing. And I uh. I'm such a I'm very different we all are right but I I, I've learned my boundaries and I've learned what I can and can't do I don't contrary to popular belief as it relates to believing in God and and all these things I really make a serious effort not to judge anybody's actions I truly believe that the day that humanity learns to separate actions from the people doing them is the day that we can actually learn to truly love people
0: that's you are that's not true. what you do yeah because there's so many stimuli that like, there's so many different factors that go into play to how we react how we act yeah. yeah there's no way that it's and, and that's why
1: I'll tell you this and, and this is this let's bring this back home as it relates to music and demonic influences yes I believe that demons are real yes I even believe that demonic influence can come from music but in my personal opinion not because of the music mm-hmm. but because of the connection that your brain makes with the things that the music says mm-hmm. based on what you see as a positive result for your life mm-hmm. give you an example you've got artists that preach or you know that have videos of you know you know, naked women and things and I think what the brain does, because, like, as a man, for instance, let's dive into the biological breakdown of this, right? As men, we find women attractive. You see them up there twerking and you're just like, I want that. Sexual drive. It's natural. Like, you you can control the reaction, but you can't control the, the promotion mm-hmm. of the reaction, which is the thought. Mm-hmm. It's the inevitable. It is in your fundamental nature, right? And what you, I mean, I'm not saying you can't train it out of you, but it is always going to be a fight as a man, like, because you're created that way, right? And so when you see that, what you don't realize your brain is doing is it's making the connection of the last time that you partook in intercourse,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? And how great that was and how it felt, the result from the feeling, from the experience, as we discussed, right? So then your brain makes the connection and says, okay, If I do that, and I portray the same life and image that that portrays, this is the result. So subtle conditioning. You see what I'm saying? So it's not that he's a demon. Now, maybe he is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But but that's not what I believe it to be. Uh I think the demon is the influence inside Mm -hmm. that makes the connection. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe that as society we always talk things like fighting our own demons. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, like, I'm not fighting your demon. I'm fighting my demon. Your demon just happens to know what my demon's trying to convince. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's like whenever you have a bad influence in your life that's trying to convince you to do something that you shouldn't be doing.
0: But I feel like, Okay, that, that goes – that's can maybe be said about, like, the visuals and, like, the – well, the overtly sexual visuals and then maybe, like, even, like, the, the music and the lyrical content. But then there's, like, specific things that they do and show that is, like, overtly almost satanic. It's like – So
1: let's – yeah. Edit, like, and, like, you saw some of the stuff in the Super Bowl and, like, all – Stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't
0: necessarily subscribe to everything that the people say. But when you know – when – all right. It's conditioning. Really. Yeah, let's stop this question, and then let me ask you another question instead. Do you believe in, like, uh, the occult? Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. So, what I think is, like, do you think the occult has a heavy hand in the in the media that we all consume? I think what you're really asking is, does Satan have a heavy hand in the media that we consume? Hmm. Yeah. Wanting to ask. But maybe, I don't even know if it's Satan that runs the occult, because, like, the occult... I'm not gonna lie. Like a part of me is actually almost uh, curious to like to learn just for the sake of of knowing, you know. So 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 instead of thinking of God and Satan as people, mm-hmm.
1: think of it as good and evil. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay. If God is all things good and Satan is all things evil, mm-hmm. it is the influence of evil mm-hmm. as a distinct thing mm-hmm. that influences the leaders of said occult. Mm-hmm to do things like try to control humanity mm. try to kill try to destroy yeah. you see what I'm saying mm. and so when you can make when, separate the action from the person yeah. right it's just the actions the you people. know what I mean oh. now it's like it's like this if I go home and I cuss my wife out Ooh. I am making Satan look good why because I'm doing his work Remove Satan and then put evil. I'm doing evil things. That is not a good thing to go home and make my wife feel like less than a person. You see what I'm saying? And so when you get into cult, to the occult, you get into all of that. And, and let me just tell you, my wife gives me trouble. She calls me a conspiracy theorist. And I tell her that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy factualist. Good <laughs> deal. Right? Because I, I do believe a lot of that stuff is real. I mean, bro... I don't want to get too deep into this because it it'll look yeah, like mean, yeah, hours. We definitely don't have to. Uh,
0: well, just because it it's 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 a gonna, lot. Oh no, we can save it for another for another episode. Because I know, know, hopefully, you're having a good time on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I know. I want you to to know that there's an open door, man. You're invited back any yeah. time because you're you're great at conversation. And I feel like all we got to do is just kind of think of topics, and fucking, we can go on for hours. Oh, so dude, and it's a blast. Like, yeah. So this is hopefully one of many. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so tell me what, what, what your thoughts are as far as your conspiracies. But, yeah, we don't, have, we don't have to deep dive on this specific episode. So when you dabble
1: into ancient Sumerian mythology mm-hmm. and you dabble into, and I know I said well, I wasn't going to get into this, but we're here. So <laughs> yeah. um, you dabble into, mm-hmm. like, you know, Islam and Buddhism and all these historical religions and things, you start to find a common theme and the common theme is good and evil right and maybe not all cuz i think there i think buddhism maybe there's maybe it's more vibrationally relative rather than good versus evil so to speak right mm-hmm. but this is what makes it so difficult to understand how atheism could be a thing cuz it's like okay you don't believe in christianity fine you don't believe in islam fine you don't believe in buddhism fine
0: there's no way you can sit here and convince me that God is not real. There's no way, dude. Well, I used to be a hardcore atheist, and it's that question itself that converted me to agnostic. I don't have a denomination right now, but I believe in God. I'm agnostic. Well, and here's the other thing you got to think about, and this is when it gets weird,
1: okay? And this is where this, again, I'm systematic. Mm. How many vertebrates do you have in your body? Shit, bro, I have no idea. Probably 26? 33. 33? 33? How old was Jesus when he died? 33? How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? That one, I don't know. 30. 30. Between the 30th and the 33rd vertebrae, there's a process that takes place in your body. I'm going to let you research that later. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. When you get into mm-hmm. the biological breakdown of things, mm-hmm. it starts to get really, really, really weird, mm-hmm. but really, really, really clear.
0: Alright, do you believe in the Fibonacci sequence? Or not believe, but do you know about it? Not really. The like Fibonacci? So apparently it's like the, it's like a mathematical sequence that's like 0, 1, 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 2, 3, 5. And it's like a specific uh-huh. sequence. So when you're looking at life in itself, everything kind of spirals out through creation in that sequence. So like earlier when you were talking about the Trinity and how um, you, dispro- you disproved it for both the The Trinity is actually part of the Fibonacci, because it's. I think it's like at first it was the light, or at first it was. It's because I don't know the word right, so I, I need to research the word. Because like at first it was this, and then God made whatever the heavens, so it splits it to two. Yeah, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, and then so that's the two. That's the split. There was and light and like, there was darkness, huh? and then it goes to the Trinity. So, then, so here's the thing is, and it all kind of follows that Fibonacci. Well, and here's what's interesting about that.
1: So. I find, you know, if you look at Nik- Nikola Tesla, uh-huh. he said if you want to understand the universe, you got to understand in, everything in 369. Hmm. Three,
0: 369.
1: The numbers 3, mm-hmm. 6, and 9. Why is it that Father, Son, Holy Spirit, devil's number 666? Six, six, six? Hmm. A- anyway, that that's a whole other conversation yeah. of the day, right? But what I have found that I find so fascinating is that 33rd vertebrae. Mm-hmm. Thirty years. Well, I'm gonna look that up. It's why I'll send you the video. Right. Actually, um, okay. a guy does a video on it. And he it's funny. He doesn't even believe that Jesus was real. He think that he thinks that it was completely a biological explanation. Mm. And he talks about how you've got your spinal cord, the, this oil that descends your spine and ascends up your spine. And then when it reaches between 30 and 33, it goes to a process, and then it, and then a crucifixion takes place at 33. Crucifixion is is amplified as 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 it results to multiplication. Mm-hmm. And then the oil that multiplies smothers your pineal gland at thirty three, at the what? after the thirty third vertebrae.
0: What?
1: It, it dude. I look it up. I I'll be
0: honest. I'm not the expert yeah. in that, but okay. That's uh that's interesting, man. I, I just found out. Um, this is going off on a tangent, but you said pineal gland it reminded me of it. So you you believe in the pineal gland yes. and like the the idea that it's the third eye or the eye of God? You know, so so let me touch on that, but and and. Well, actually, let me let you finish what mm-hmm. you were gonna say, and then I'll touch on it. So I just found out that apparently the soldiers during the Vietnam War they were going around and they would like decapitate the uh, the Vietnamese and then stab them in the fucking third eye, just as a, as a, as a symbolic like f you to the Vietnamese because you know the Vietnamese had a huge belief in the third eye, and, like that being the window to God and stuff. So like they would just you know leave the soldiers around with like you know stab wounds in their third eye. And I was like what. what?
1: So, so here's the thing about the pineal gland that I find so interesting. Again, mm-hmm. binary thought. Mm-hmm. Is it the third eye or is it not the third eye? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that when we try to use words to describe something God created, we're trying to conceptualize God and God can't. God is not a concept. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about it like this. If we understand good versus evil and evil darkness and good light and darkness is always trying to overtake light but it can't because light always shines through the darkness right and then you think of this in the context of the pineal gland i do believe there is a spiritual awakening that happens as it relates to the pineal gland but i think what happens is as humans is i believe that the enemy or satan is a trickster he's always trying to deceive i believe that we are deceived into believing I'm going to tie this back into something in a second. We are deceived into believing that we have the power to open our third eye mm-hmm. in, in very simple fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, hey, take this way Oscar. Her. And here's what I believe happens. I think that people do things trying to open their third eye and the enemy deceives them and makes them, gives them knowledge that might mm-hmm. be true See the enemy tells truth. He'll he'll give truth to tell a lie, mm-hmm. right? He gives them truth so they will believe that their third eye is opened. Mm. Okay. Now hear me on this. When you study the biology of this, basically what it says, and you'll go watch the video, but basically says that every twenty eight days, the astrological cycle of Your birth sign, so to speak, Mm -hmm. is related to a particular time of the month that you that this oil ascends from the 33rd, 30th to 33rd vertebrae and smothers the pineal gland. Right? It's like I'm gonna, I'll I'll check it out. It's a two and a half day process. Jesus died on the third day. Notice it says on the third day and not the third night. That's true. If it was third night, it'd be a full three days. Yeah. It's it third day, would be half. two and a half. Okay. On the third day, he rose. Here's what I find so interesting. Everywhere you look in the Bible, where people fast for 40 days and 40 mm-hmm. nights, it's, it's always for the sake mm-hmm. of some sort of a spiritual breakthrough or, or getting a message from God or God instructing them. Uh, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days, right? Like, so what this guy talks about biologically is that in this three-day period, if you refrain from sexual activity, lust, um, what's the other one? Sexual activity, lust, gluttony, alcohol, all this stuff, right? Then you will have a spiritual breakthrough and you will open your third eye. Here's the problem. Or here's what's interesting if you fast for 40 days almost every way that you spin it yeah. there is a 28 day period in there that happens yeah. and you will by default not be doing what you need to not be doing for that 3 days yeah. you don't have to calculate it yeah. <laughs> yeah. you see what i'm, sure I'm saying
0: yeah. okay
1: so what i believe is that there are astrological and astronomical basis biblically but I think it's so big for us to understand that God is like, look, dude, stop counting your three days, yeah. fast for 40. Like somewhere in there, you're gonna hit it. Somewhere in there, you're gonna hit it. Yeah, you'll 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 wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And what I find so interesting, see I I I I think outside the box spiritually. Mm-hmm. So like I am constantly asking God for truth. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, God, show me truth, show me more. And dude, he has like to a point where I don't regret asking for more, mm. but I can't
0: even have conversations with people anymore. You're just like, man, I just I'm just seeking knowledge, like I want wisdom. Most people are not my frequency, and
1: I can't even talk
0: to them because they oh, wow. they won't
1: even consider mm. any like like the stuff I'm talking about right now, dude. Like, you try to have this conversation with pastors, they don't want to hear this stuff, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get it, I, I do understand it because I, I I've been there, right? but I want to know my creator on such a personal level to where I know everything about him. And I know I'll never know everything about him, but I'm going to keep seeking, right? And here's how this relates to the music. I think that when you get into the rituals, I think that rituals do work. I think that I'd be lying if I said that they don't, because as humans, what is praying? It's a ritual. Yeah. What is meditation? It's a ritual. Right. Whatever you choose to put your energy into, I was going to energy. that's all it is. Yeah. A ritual is is a focus of energy into a particular thing, right? right? It's a consistent focus of energy. Whether, whether it be evil, whatever you. Lord sow your seed into is the harvest that you're going to reap. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing the rituals that are evil driven, you're going to reap evil into your life.
0: That's true. There's a lot of people out there I imagine who probably have a hand in trying to do these little evil... I don't know. More than we probably know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's equal power. Like you're saying, you know, it's like... It's the balance, you know, the good and evil. Like, you can't have one without the other, really. Well, mu- good, much, w- good wouldn't be good if yeah. evil never existed. And fuck, as much as we don't want to think in binary thought, you know, there's... Because it's, it's, you can be kind of evil, kind of good, kind of evil. But, yeah, you kind of have to have both. Dang listen man this has been a great conversation um i I don't even know where else to go this is yeah it's been uh it's been awesome i've enjoyed this today really you're welcome back anytime um frank ramirez everybody um thank you for coming on is there anything that you would like to tell the people um maybe your socials where they can find you things you're working on right now or just one last close out message before we go for the day yeah i'll give a little
1: conclusion uh you follow me on facebook frank ramirez i uh Got to, I'm about to start putting more YouTube content for business related stuff, how to build a business. You know, for those of you that are really seeking truth, and this is, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care what your spiritual beliefs are. I'm not going to sit here and throw the Bible at you and try to convince you to believe what I believe. But if you're seeking truth, go look for it. It is the pursuit of truth where you will find you. And whatever that means for you when you get there, you'll know.
0: Man, and that's part of the journey. It is. Frank Ramirez, man, it's been a fucking blast. Thank you for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Until uh, next time, thank you guys. HNS Podcast. I'm your host, Ed. It's been a blast. Until next time.